0: Well, I say of course, it's of course to me, but maybe not to everybody else on the air, but welcome to the show. Anyway, uh, today Scott Fine is going to join me. Scott is the county surveyor in Jackson County, Oregon. I met Scott uh, probably before my most recent time, but most recently when I was attending the uh, surveyors conference out in, in Oregon, in Portland. and They were kind enough to have ice and snow for me, so that was nice. Um but um we were having a conversation about a number of things during the conference and uh, talking about government affairs and, and Scott was uh, active in that conversation and uh, our our common friend Bob Needhamer, uh, got us together and and we started talking and Scott was telling me about some of the work that he's doing out there with with uh, respect to and I'll let Scott tell you about timing all this, but I'm thinking relatively new uh marijuana-growing law in the state of Oregon and what implications that has for the surveying world, which, when we talked about that, Scott, it intrigued me, and I knew it would our listeners as well. Uh, so if you would, just tell the folks a little bit about you and
1: what you do and
0: how you got into surveying and all those kind of good things.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, well, I'm Scott Fine. I'm Jackson County Surveyor uh, here in southern Oregon. Uh, Medford, specifically, uh, is our main city and uh, I've worked in the County Surveyor's Office since 2006 after uh, working private for BLM uh, cadastral survey prior to that Um, and anyway our main focus here what we do uh, you know survey wise is typical things map and plat review uh, property line adjustment review uh, surveys on behalf of the county and our largest thing is uh, public land corner uh, restoration and maintenance and we're pretty fortunate to have that where we actually keep up the records and then uh you know monumentation in the field and um you know southern oregon is uh is growing and you know kind of ebbs and flows and is definitely on the map now to some extent and um in 2015 uh measure 91 passed in oregon which was a legalization of cannabis and that uh definitely attracted a lot of attention uh, especially in southern oregon um you know there's just a, a good climate uh, for such activity so uh, that's uh kind of how uh, some of this came to be um you know basically uh what that you know without getting into the legalities or politics of it but uh it that was written as a uh, that ballot measures that municipalities had ability to regulate what they referred to as time, place, and manner was the catchphrase. So, we had a lot of public hearings here uh, in Jackson County, and one of the things that was discussed uh, was um, property line setbacks, and this kind of hit the front page of the paper uh, here locally in the Medford Mail Tribune, And so, that's when I really took notice in it as a, you know, as a county surveyor, just as a surveyor, period, and even just somebody who lives here, because, uh, you know, this is uh, probably the largest economic thing that's going to happen where I live for some time, and uh, it was the local rulemaking on it. So, uh, I don't know if so, that uh, answers some of your questions, Kurt,
0: you Yeah, know. when you were talking about, uh, you mentioned municipal control, so I take that to mean that each individual locality, whether it's a municipality or a county government or whatever, has a some ability to create its own rules
1: yeah correct that's how the uh, that's how this was all laid out from the measure that the voters passed for passed and then you know there's been subsequent house bills which you know uh, i'll i could explain a little bit uh but basically you know it passed it said okay you know it's legalized with this these conditions and um there are actually uh, i believe half the counties in the state uh all eastern Oregon counties, to my knowledge, except two, uh, don't allow it, period, except for uh, medicinal purposes. And so the whole recreational issue doesn't even affect, um, you know, half of our state.
0: So for the ones who don't allow it at all, except for medicinal medicinal purposes, does that mean it, you can't have... Uh, it can be grown in those areas, it can only be used in those areas, or can it be grown for that purpose only?
1: Uh, I mean, that's from my understanding, that's how the the licensing, you know, works, is that if, uh, you know, under state law uh, in those areas, you know, that say, okay, we do not allow recreational dispensaries or recreational producers or processors uh, in in our counties, because there are even some cities actually said no, even here within Jackson County, um you know we have a uh, city of jacksonville uh which you know does not allow any recreational growing or uh recreational or medical dispensaries um you know we have another city here shady cove that, <clears throat> that just voted on it and uh was pretty close vote i think they had a recount uh, so it's even you know a couple miles apart uh there's division of uh where you can do this activity and in what capacity? And so that's so, where I get, and
0: go ahead. I was going to ask a question. But uh, go ahead.
1: Uh, it's it, it's complicated uh, for sure.
0: <laughs> it sounds very complicated. I when when you were talking about the, the term we'll use is municipal control, is that you may not know the answer to this, but I'm curious if that's common in other states where it's legal or if it's more state controlled.
1: You know, that I couldn't necessarily tell you. Um, you, you know, we're just a... Uh, we've got a lot of it, uh, just Southern Oregon period. Uh, you know, it's something that just has to do with geography and climate and sure. proximity to uh, you know, certain parts of California that have always historically uh, been known for this. So when the,
0: when the local control takes effect whatever it turns out to be and it sounds from what you're saying it varies from place to place to some degree is mm-hmm. there a, a i assume the enforcement of that then also falls on the the locality
1: rather than uh, if just, if they make their own, if they make their own rules i mean it's yeah. uh you know licensed by our liquor control commission just as you know uh an alcoholic product you know with a process in place and you know i mean it's
0: Oh, okay. That's, I see that's so the
1: agency, that's the agency that handles it is our liquor control. Right.
0: Commission. Well I'll back up my question a little bit then. If I'm probably gonna say this wrong so correct me where I am, but so it sounds like the state passed um, a right to do to do this, but it said the localities can uh, create their own rules or cities or whomever create their own rules their area so does that mean if a particular locality say somewhere where it wasn't even likely that it was going to happen they're not the counties aren't forced to do that but would the practice still be allowed if a county decided not to make its own rules
1: uh no basically if a you know counties either there's a number of counties like i said that basically just opted out they said you know we will not have their border their vote and then their, you know, board of commissioners, or, you know, county ca- or city councils, uh, you know, said we don't want this, and then they passed. And depending upon how their populace had voted within their district, dependent led to, you know, subsequent uh, uh, revotes. Um, it's. I mean, it was very, very complicated. Like Medford had to vote on it, uh, one of these last rounds. But even though it, you know, the county majority was for it, so. Jackson County went ahead with their regulations but the city of Medford held for some time uh, you know so it's just it's all over the place they need to jump over the hill to Klamath County over the Cascades and they just said no period you know unless it's somebody who does it for medicinal purposes
0: right okay so so there, there still is that local control and it's not that they oh, could yeah. choose They're, to make right. their own rules if they want they can control whether it actually happens or not
1: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I mean, okay. There are conditions, you know, in terms of how that went. Uh, and, it is like I said, it's still not entirely settled in some places.
0: Well, that creates an interesting uh, situation, I guess, uh, well, oh, in, yeah. in some of those areas.
1: Uh, definitely. You know, I mean, this has brought up all sorts of stuff, whereas, you know, as a surveyor, I mean, I've always just tried to live in the location world and stay out of land use, which... You know, to further complicate these matters, I mean, we have uh, statewide zoning uh, in Oregon, and somewhat of a statewide, we have a statewide land use process. Uh, and, you know, the local municipalities carry that out, and I'm not a land use person, you know, but by any means. But, uh, you know, a lot of this has to do with where an activity occurs, who's, you know, what property it's on, and then how far it is relative to other certain things, like, for example, uh, the law is explicit under our statute that if somebody's going to license a dispensary, they have to do it 1,000 feet from the boundaries of the real property of a school. That's how you administer that, uh, you know, in terms of permitting. That's not really a surveying issue, but the 1,000 feet from boundaries is a surveying issue.
0: Right. Yeah, I was going to say, that part of it is at least, isn't it? yeah so then obviously that's where the the surveying side gets into it, and as we go through the our conversation today, I'll ask more questions about sizes and plats and all those kind of things i when when you first started talking uh, and you were talking about plat review as part of the the county surveyor's uh, responsibilities, uh, i always when I'm talking to folks from your part of the of the country. Uh, different from this, the east side of the country, in most cases, uh, particularly in the states I've worked in, there isn't really any plat review other than anything that has to do with subdivision of land or mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. So, if if I go survey somebody's property, there's no there's no uh, mandate that that survey plat goes on record anywhere or gets any kind of review. Um, at all so it's it's different I mean it's the way if I'm understanding like I think you guys and I'm not sure if Washington's exactly like you all but they have some review of some drawings I know anytime
1: you set a corner or something I think that's the way theirs works yeah it's you know the way Oregon's set up is uh, you know and it's different depending on every county you go to in the state Uh, I mean you go up in the Portland metro area county surveyors offices are pretty large uh, here we're pretty small, but you know, full time thing. And then you get over Eastern Oregon, and it's the populace isn't there, and it's a very part time thing. Uh, but you know, the way it's you know, we got different categories of things. You know, we have records of survey, you know, maps of survey, which is just a boundary. Uh, you know, those we the law tells us we have to look at them and make sure they have elements you know on them before we record them but we don't you know do a boundary analysis of our private surveyors work um, and, and then yep. you know PLATS, as you mentioned you know we actually have to review and sign off on those right and so, so that's Well, believe where we, it or not
0: you know, we're, we're 10 seconds away from our first break so I, I would like to pick up on that again I don't want to get too far okay. afield from our, our topic but but this part of it is interesting too so let's go take our first break and we'll be back in just a couple minutes.
2: Attention surveyors, are you aware that that yellow
0: stick you're using is saving lives all over the world? Yes, that pin finder is clearing fields and villages of unexploded cluster bombs and other hidden explosives in over 25 countries. Johnsted, in cooperation with International Mine Action Programs, provides free locators to where they are most urgently needed. To find out how you can help, visit the NSPS website at nsps.us.com, and thank you.
2: 800-438-0387 or go to quickstate.com that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order your samples ask your surveying supply dealer for QuickStakes today
3: all of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes you can listen to your favorite programs on America's anytime you like.
4: Attention, surveyors. Seansted announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products. The sensitivity and precision of the GA-52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA-92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.Seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better.
3: You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: As we were going to break, Scott and I were talking about the, the differences in the way laws work. And I, I've talked to a lot of people on the show about these kind of things. And um, But they're always intriguing to me to, to talk about how it, how it works in, in different areas. Um, and one of the comments you made during the break I thought was pretty interesting, Scott, you talked about being among the last states to come into being. Uh, there was a lot of... Uh, history i guess so to speak to uh, to look back on what other people had done and what works and what doesn't work and so uh, i think there's some advantage to that from from the perspective of uh, getting surveys done and also just uh, as what i always call solving the parcel puzzle you know we uh, in the states where we don't have those rules you continue to solve that puzzle over and over again
1: Right. That is uh, well. I think we had survey recordation here started in 1947, uh, but I remember working, uh, you know, New Mexico uh, for a winter with BLM, and that was an uh, experience because I think their recordation was 91 or 92. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, you have all entire platted subdivisions, and you might not find a written record of it. So, when you when you worked for the BLM,
0: did you work for for them after school, some or or summer right. jobs.
1: Yeah, it was right out of school. Yep, for about two years.
0: Now, you went to Oregon Tech?
1: Uh, no, I did not. Uh, I went to uh, University of Oregon and then uh, went back to school at Oregon State. Okay, yeah.
0: So you got on both sides of that rivalry.
1: Uh, yes, that's correct. Yep.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's you know, there's a long history there. Um I guess probably more so at at Oregon State uh, on the surveying side um, mm-hmm. with with the program there it's it's been uh, spawned a lot of, of surveyors over time and
1: yeah they've they a lot of a lot of people have gone to school there and a lot of people have gone to uh, Oregon Tech as well. It's probably about half and half in the state,
0: right. I know we get the Oregon Tech students participate in our uh, student competition pretty often. As a matter of fact, they were they were in a competition again this year, um, sure. and so we see more of them uh, than we do the, the university uh, the guys. Although we sometimes see them as well, but we see more of the ones from Oregon State. Sure. But that seems to be a a pretty pretty solid program. So, with with the whole concept then of the uh, the law coming in, and then the decision made, I guess by your county um, council or board of supervisors or whatever they're called in in your part of the world, um, when when that kind of thing happens, and then you're in your position, that must be a kind of a, a wow kind of moment. I don't know if wow is the right word, but. But that must be uh, uh, an interesting position to, to be looking at to, uh, to realize that this is something that you're going to be dealing with.
1: Well, you know, it was, like I said, I mean, I had no reason to really, you know, it's like, oh, okay, you know, we, in my mind it was like we legalized a plant that people had been growing here for a long time. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, I've, done, I've done enough field work around here. I mean, it was, you know, I remember coming to Oregon and, you know, college, and that was one of the first things I voted on, uh, you know, or had an opportunity to vote on, I, remember, I think it was 97 or 98, or there was a, a medical, uh, there was a ballot measure for that, and, <coughs> excuse me, uh, but, you know, I mean, just doing field work around here, I mean, it's just, it's just here, I mean, it wasn't like a, a new thing, you know, I mean, maybe for people that sat inside all the time under fluorescent lights, uh, you know, they hadn't seen this before but you know to most surveyors even uh guys that have been practicing around here you know from late 60s early 70s i mean it was just something you dealt with you know it was just so uh you know that that part of it uh you know was not overly shocking to me i mean definitely the magnitude uh at which it's uh taken on a shape of its own around here uh pretty impressive in terms of just land development and the pace. Uh, you know, as I've lived around here for about 11 years, and uh, the pace that areas have just all of a sudden exploded uh, with people and economic growth and, you know, all related to this. Uh, but, like I said, uh, Kurt, where, you know, I took interest in it was, you know, this hit the front page of her paper. You know, they started talking about our county commissioners started talking about regulation and specifically setbacks from property lines. Now, they didn't adopt anything uh, by any means uh, relative to a specific setback. Uh, You know, they adopted regulations by uh, zoning. Uh, But I just had never seen anything like that as they just, as a surveyor, you know, where we have these big public hearings and all of a sudden, you know, people are coming out and talking about what distancing certain activities should be permitted from a property line and that was a very contentious thing so were those
0: limits um, pretty, pretty big I mean big had to be a long way from the property line or did it matter based no, on I the size mean, of the property it, or
1: there was that component of it um, you know and like and then there was how far and then I, you know I spoke up you know from just a Know, determination of it standpoint it's like hey hold on guys you know you're saying how far you're going to do something relative to a line how are you going to deal with the compliance part of this and you know because here in oregon i mean we have specific law about practice of surveying you know albeit that uh you know it's not up to a particular municipality to enforce it that state issue but just from a practical standpoint how could you pass some type of regulation that says you do something a certain distance from a property line, but have no call for a surveyor in the process. That that kind of floored me a little bit.
0: And I suppose that never occurred to anybody else <laughs> that that was oh. going to be an issue. No, and I when, mean, not when I say anybody else, the people who were writing the the
1: the criteria. Oh, that that's correct. I mean, and really, what you know came to light. I mean, you know, we kind of know it as surveyors. You know, if we were or maybe like a small uh, part of society that really understands what property is and, you know, the system of written word relative to what that means in terms of physical legal ownership. Uh, and I, I just brought that to light that a lot of people don't really necessarily, at least around here, in my opinion, comprehend that and what it means to call something a property line. And there were a lot of GIS maps uh being utilized, uh, you know, tax assessor's data. Uh, but, you know, we only have, I think, as of right now, about 22,000 surveys filed in this county and then I think about 1,900 subdivisions outside of that. And So we have uh, much more land than we actually do have survey.
0: So there's lots of land left to do. One of, one of the things in the piece you sent me where you were talking about that, that property that it, this can occur on a property that's legally created as opposed to illegally created um, that that was intriguing to me a little bit and when you say legally created I guess that means you go through the whatever the approval process is
1: whatever rules uh, your locality has for zoning in terms of that's like I said that's a land use issue but the location part of it you know even relative to that when this law first came out they uh, the legislature, uh, in one of their subs- subsequent measures to the uh, everybody voting on it in ballot measure 91, uh, they passed a regulation that said, uh, you know, for an area outside of a building, the Liquor Control Commission shall license an entire lot or parcel as defined in R.S. 92. Well, that's our surveyors' planning statute. And so the question came up, it's like, well, even though we didn't adopt any survey regulations here, you know, in this county specifically, uh, are we required to have a plat? Because platting in Oregon, you know, it creates a certain type of property. And you have, you know, a lot, which is from a subdivision. You have a parcel, which is from a partition. The difference between the two primarily is, you know, some infrastructure requirements, but more than three units of land in a calendar year is considered a subdivision. And then we have a third category, which is any other unit of land created in compliance with zoning regulation at the time, whatever that means. Uh, But all this stuff has to do with a fee title legal description that created a piece of property.
0: So it had to have some uh, elements to be able to define it, which basically means a survey, right?
1: Well, to an extent, and I mean, but the, the like I said, the, the law was written, you know, that uh, they called lot or parcel. So, you know, it crossed with the land use world of do you need to have a plat to create a lot or parcel, which I don't think was the intent of the law. Um, and subsequent to this, to, you know, resolve this issue, uh, I believe there's been either an administrative rule or subsequent law passed that now enables the Liquor Control Commission to license multiple areas outside of a building. And when I'm I'm talking about multiple areas, uh, people might not understand this uh, because they haven't seen this before, but the Liquor Control Commission regulates uh, their cannabis licenses off of canopy. And, and they have different tiers and this it all goes into their their licensing system kind of similar way of, you know are you a uh, are you a wine bar only are you a beer bar or you know do you serve alcohol you know similar concept in terms of uh, you know hierarchy of structure and so but this is they give you square footage and so now they've changed the rule that they apply it that you can have multiple areas but they have to have defined boundaries and, you know, we've got all these cedar fences that literally have sprung up all over southern Oregon because the original regulation was that you had to have uh, screening from public view. So uh, all these things, Kurt, I mean, you're, like, this is a lot to follow unless you've actually watched it, lived here and watched it evolve for, like, you know, the last year and a half, two years since it's been recreationally uh, legal. But, I mean, we literally, I mean, you could think what this has done for, The world of people wanting to know where their boundaries are. I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, besides, you know, just the uh, all the regulatory nonsense that goes into it. um, You know, we just have a bunch of occupation, and you know, some of it is uh, for some people, it's controversial.
0: In terms of of uh, the ability to use it, or ownership, or both.
1: Um, you know, there, it's controversial in terms of, you know, some people don't care for it as, you know, a farm use, uh, you uh, know, as their neighbor. Yeah. Um, you know, or there's been, you know, and there's just development. I mean, we've got greenhouses going up. We've got, uh, you know, just right outside of town here, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, uh, like, Harry and David. You know, they have right. an orchard's division here, and, you know, there's a large, uh, you know, new age farm that just got built next to probably a, Hundred year old orchard.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah, you know, if, well, we're, we're once again a few seconds away from break, so let's go back and we'll pick up where we left off uh, when we get back from our next set of messages. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes.
4: Want to know if your Seansted locator is still under warranty? Go to Seansted.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left hand corner. Enter your six digit serial number and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty, Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at
2: www.schonstedt.com. Quick Stakes 0387 or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today.
3: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on America's com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
1: This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join
4: me
2: every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world.
4: Attention, surveyors. Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next-generation magnetic locator the maggie combines the best features of two flagship shonstead products the sensitivity and precision of the ga52 cx and the visual display and single-handed operation of the ga92xt contact your dealer for details or go to www.shonstead.com shonstead the best just got better
3: you're listening to America's americaswebradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio Thank you for listening.
0: When we went to break and during our break, Scott and I were talking about uh, a lot of different things that I'm going to ask him to talk about uh, with with the audience as well that, uh, again, just don't come first to mind when when you start talking about this. One of the questions I had earlier when you made a comment about occupancy requirements and that kind of thing, um, and I think I heard you say that Oftentimes, the people who are actually growing the products aren't the landowners. Maybe they're leasing the land. Did I understand that correctly?
1: Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of that, um, and there's just also a lot of new landowners as well.
0: Yeah, and and I can just uh, imagine, or maybe it's beyond my imagination. I don't know, but with the with the. Uh, um, frequency of, of these kind of things going on and I, I'm assuming that means people are coming in who weren't there before, but even if they were there before um, and with this this has opened up now, let's do this I'm going to assume that for the most part they are initially at least not familiar with what the rules are or any of that stuff
1: Well, definitely the, the rules seem to be uh, on the fly to some extent <laughs> Yeah, just because it's new, Um, you know, but uh, like I said, locally, you know, nothing got adopted here, but I mean, we literally had, you know, land use meetings uh, with 300 people in them, where one of the biggest topics was, where are we doing an activity relative to property lines? And uh, like I said, I've lived around here for 11 years and never seen uh, citizens in our county this interested in property lines. But like well, I said, so that I'm, that that passed, you know, and we don't have that regulation. But it did bring up, it brought a lot of awareness to to what property boundaries are.
0: And I, I think you told me that there's there's a site plan requirement, but no survey required to go with it. Did I understand that correctly?
1: That, yeah, that's that's correct. You know, I mean, it's kind of that's up. You know, we're uh, someone told me uh, uh, that. Uh, We're a a letterbuck county uh, to some extent, and, you know, a lot of uh, decisions are left up to the landowner, and the decision is the landowner wants to develop their property for a house, uh, you know, or or do some logging or or farming or mineral extraction, you know, and they have to do it on their property or relative to a property line uh, for the permitting process the decision to provide survey is on them. It's not a requirement of Jackson County.
0: I see. So they, when they do that, they're doing it for their their own purposes, so to speak. They're, so they, the, their peace of mind, maybe, I don't know, is
1: that the reason that they would do it well, if it's not I required? Mean, it, uh, correct. Um, or, you know, they're more informed. I mean, even down to the level of are you know, building houses with, you know, five-foot, lot line setbacks, I mean, it would be smart, you know, to have a surveyor make that determination for you, but a lot of people choose to not go that route, and then the actual site planning of it, uh, you know, for the permitting process, uh, a lot of those maps are just kind of hand-scribbled tax assessors maps, Something's done by land use planners, architects, uh, engineers, you know, people that are not licensed to, to practice the location of boundary as surveyors are in Oregon, but definitely walk a line. Um, so, yeah, I was, uh,
0: when you said that, it reminded me. I was looking uh, this morning at a, a thing for one of the folks here in the office uh, on a, a townhouse lot that had a on an end unit. There was a, there was a twenty five foot lot with a four and a half foot building restriction line, um, and then it also had a six foot drainage easement inside the property from the property line which would mean technically you could build your unit in the drainage <laughs> and it was it was sort of a, a a weird situation and probably just written because that's the way the rules are are typically written without consideration of what you're talking about but i i just pointed that out to to make the point that it it can be really confusing, and I can see how people would, would have, particularly people who aren't even surveyors or, or designers, would have a problem dealing with it.
1: Well, yeah, and, you know, this whole, you know, to get back on this whole, you know, cannabis, you know, business, uh, you know, there was a point where the Liquor Control Commission, they and they still have it today, they call it the Oregon Marijuana Boundary Sketch Form, where you have to show, you know, your your, your licensor site relative to the boundaries of the real property, any access easements, structures, you know, things that, you know, I can understand people, you know, needing to do some mapping, uh, you know, for just general planning uh, or kind of resource management or permitting. But when you're asking people to document something relative to the boundaries of real property with a very precise location with, precise square footages that have cameras, you know, to monitor your activity. And then, you know, we've got RFID tags that the state makes, you know, these farmers put on their plants so they know where it goes. All this stuff to, to track relative to a geographic location of where an activity is permitted, but nobody wants to involve any surveying in this. And... It's just creating, in my opinion, a lot of complications around here. Um, and but it's really it's up to individual property owners uh, to make that choice.
0: So, from the perspective of, of your office, um, does that put you guys in some kind of uh, I don't know if conflict not the right word. I don't guess, but you have you have these um, uh, rules that are written. But yet, there's there's no. It's, it seems as though there's no um, requirement that that they come through an office like yours. Does that create problems for you guys as you're trying to um, keep the records straight for the county?
1: Um, you know, not really uh, per se. I mean, definitely. Uh, I mean, t- to an extent, from the standpoint of public land corner preservation relative to the, the PLSS Uh Um, because that's something we're pretty active in. We just don't know where the development occurs. Uh, So in terms of, you know, kind of safeguarding those monuments, um, you know, that has definitely become more of a challenge. Access, uh, getting to corners uh, has become quite a challenge. And then, uh, you know, we've just had a lot of requests by private sector surveyors and landowners that are aware to go out into rural areas where, there really hasn't been a lot of surveying before, but now there's an economic driver uh, that people want to develop the property. Right.
0: Yeah, So, from the perspective of your your mission, so to speak, on the on the, the the framework corners, if I understood you correctly, just being able to get to where they are is a problem because people don't want you on the property
1: now. Is that because? Oh of yeah. The right? I mean, you, you, yeah. I mean, I definitely. Uh, I'll, Know, keep a lot of it under my hat kirk but uh just working out in the field i mean see a lot of stuff that's all <laughs> you know, yeah i can imagine and you know but i mean most people you know are they're very respectful uh they when they come to you know in that industry uh you know the people that are try, that i've met that are trying to be legitimate business people and there are believe me there are a lot of legitimate be- business people this is not just you know, a Southern Oregon thing. I mean, we've got people from here from all over the world uh, that are engaging in this because uh, we're the prime place um, for for whatever reason. Um, but uh, most people, once they actually understand what we're doing as a county surveyor's office, uh, they're really appreciative, and you know, they are intrigued and you know have questions uh, about. How to get surveys done and where to get records, and it kind of just amazes me. It's like you guys just built this thirty thousand dollar greenhouse over here with three phase power in it, and you didn't even think to you know call a surveyor or locate some boundaries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but but it's just, I think that's just uh, really points out and indicative really of of the when I say lack of understanding, I don't mean understanding the. Processes of surveying, just the lack of understanding that surveying even exists in some people's minds. It's uh, it's interesting, very interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, you were talking about going out finding things. I grew up in in moonshine country in southwestern Virginia, so I understand that totally. the The last thing you want to do is be walking up through the woods and run up on somebody's steel. <laughs> that's not a good thing. That's that's not exact analogy, but but I understand oh, the sure. issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and um, but you know, there's. I mean, and this is not just like a way out uh, in the hills thing. I mean, this is uh, you know to a point that we actually even here have a. Uh, in or uh, I believe they're a publicly traded company uh, that does uh, in the real estate business. they that they go by grow condos, and so I mean it's not an official condo, but it's marketed as such uh, as an industrial building where people can rent space. I mean, so this whole that hurt. This whole locational component of this industry uh, is very large, um, and I just I foresee a lot of trouble uh, for it um, unless there starts to be some involvement of surveying. Yeah, I was
0: I was just thinking as you were talking, I can see how that would begin to become an issue over time, and uh, and. You were talking at one point. I don't, know if I'm, I don't think I mentioned this before, but you were talking about site plans that um, didn't even mention surveys at all. That the surveys aren't required for these site plans in many cases.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And uh, you know, but people are aware of it. You know, I mean here, and it's you know the our local land use department here at the county they make people disclaim, you know, that it's. Uh, to some extent that they take responsibility for it so it's on the applicant or the applicant's agent does it make it right you know that's a whole other question but it's really for the individual property owner like I said we're a you know try to be I think at some level of this county you know acknowledge a person's right uh, to do what they see fit with their property to an extent Um, but it's like I said going back to the beginning where all this all surfaced um you know, it raised the issue in a very public form over a very controversial topic relative to local land use of what a property line is and that it's not GIS data, it's not a tax assessor's map, and what it actually means on the ground. And so it brought this whole issue to light with all land use-related activities around here. And ultimately, per- what I wanted to convey was it, it didn't get any traction Uh, locally uh, with our our county because it had not been required on any other type of land use around here. And maybe I'm too ideological, but uh, I had some hope as a surveyor uh, that people recognize the importance of that. If we're going to say in the world, do something relative to a specific geographic location that directly relates to written land title, that you would automatically involve a surveyor Um, yeah you would think
0: so well we are again approaching our break time with this i always say this every week time flies when you're doing this but uh let's go to our last break and we'll be back in a couple minutes to finish up
4: attention surveyors shonstead announces the maggie the next generation magnetic locator the Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products the sensitivity and precision of the GA 52 CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA 92 XT contact your dealer for details or go to www.Seanstead.com Seanstead the best just got better
3: did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
2: Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstate.com. that's dot ecom and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for Quickstakes today.
1: This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2.
4: Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator the maggie combines the best features of two flagship shanstad products the sensitivity and precision of the ga52 cx and the visual display and single-handed operation of the ga92xt contact your dealer for details or go to www.shanstad.com shanstad the best just got better you're listening to
3: americaswebradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio Thank you for listening.
0: We're back with our last segment with Scott Fine today. By the way, I don't know how much we'll get into conversation and how much time I'll have at the end, so I'll thank you now, Scott, for for joining me today. This is a, a really interesting topic, and I'm glad we were able to, to talk about it. Um, I don't know, and you, I don't know if you have any sense for this either, of um, if if where you are is one of those places that's just the right place for this particular thing, or um, and I guess laws have something to do with it as well, but I'm sitting here wondering in my mind, is this something that's going to be occurring on a much broader scale over time? Um, I don't know enough about all those dynamics to have an opinion about that, but since you've been involved in it, do you have any sense of that at all, what that potential might
1: be? Um, I'd say definitely, uh you know, for, it appears that we are the outdoor cultivation capital of Oregon. <laughs> you know, from statistics, you know, I mean, we have the most licenses for outdoor producers through the Liquor Control Commission. Um, but then again, you know, Portland Metro has the most indoor licenses. So, it, so I, I think there's going to be more of it. Um, you know, uh, it's just very... Very interesting, just to to watch the regulation develop, uh, and then just people just keep showing up uh, from all over the place uh, here uh, for this reason, uh, you know, to purchase property and uh, start farms.
0: So, is that you mentioned early on in our conversation about? I think I don't know if growth is the right word, but a lot of activity going on uh, in the area. Um, is is that something that? There are other elements there that are make make that happen as well. I mean, I've been there. I know it's a great, really cool place, and got to be a nice place to live. Um, but I guess before this happened, you didn't have as much influx uh, influx of of any kind of this growing. Or you know, are you are you uh, is your your uh, soil and your land uh, layout and all that uh, conducive to other types of of uh, crop growing as well or is this thing
1: just because of this uh no grapes are huge here as well uh and we've got you know pretty good irrigation districts and infrastructure uh and as long as we've got snowpack you know most people typically get the water that they're hoping for um so and then it's just a people just come here uh, it's just we're it's definitely a retirement hub you know we're kind of getting on the map next to uh, to Bend a little bit in terms of places to go. And so it's, it's a culmination of things, but definitely, uh, you know, f- by all means, the, uh, I, like I said, just from living here for 10-plus years, I think the cannabis thing really put uh, Southern Oregon on the map. Well, I was going to ask you earlier, when you mentioned that, that you weren't a
0: native of there, where, where did you grow up?
1: Uh, I actually grew up outside of New York City, Long Island.
0: Oh, Wow. That's a long way.
1: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yep. a, little, a little bit, yeah. I ended up in Oregon for school.
0: So did you go there for school for a particular purpose, or did you just want to go west?
1: Uh, it just kind of worked out that way. I uh, knew some people, and that's where I ended up, and then, uh, you know, decided to call it home. So, it's a, it's a pre- pretty good place to live besides the, the scenery here, um, you know life as a surveyor here is uh, is definitely pretty awesome. We have pretty fascinating records, and then uh, most of the people you deal with around here are are generally uh, pretty positive, good people. Yeah, I think you find that
0: a lot. Um, I, I don't want to be prejudiced anyway, having grown up in a, in a rural area, but, but you do have a different atmosphere, that's for sure, mm-hmm. um, among the people. There's no question about that, and when you got a when you got a good climate, and uh, you guys have a, a pretty good diversity in your seasons too, so that's mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. Yep. Now,
1: you're
0: are you between the mountains,
1: or are you on one side correct. or the other? Uh, correct. We're actually saddled between two mountains here in the Rogue Valley. You've Got the Cascades on the east and then right. the Sierras on the west, and then they converge at a, you know, Siskiyou Summit uh, on the interstate.
0: So you're, what's your elevation?
1: Uh, well, Medford is, you know, 1,300 feet. Uh, you know, the at most populous town at the highest elevation around here is Ashland, which is about 2,300. But, you know, you, you can climb, you know, another two to 3,000 feet after that pretty quickly, uh, you know. Within a mile or so, mile or two miles.
0: So you're you're kind of uh, saddled between the mountain range at that elevation. Uh, I'll give you a comparison. Where I grew up was at the top of the mountains <laughs> in the Blue Ridge at about the same elevation you are, up around three thousand. Okay. Sure. So you you you're in the low spot basically between the mountains, and I grew up at the high spot, it was the same elevation. So different kind of uh, perspective for sure. So what do you think, looking ahead? I mean, is this going to just keep going, or is it going to draw other things to the area, or what what do you think?
1: I I think it'll draw other things to the area. Um, You know, there's actually, uh, you know, just for my own education, I, you know, watch legislative bills. You know, I'm not really a political person, but, you know, stuff that affects, you know, where I live, I kind of look at. And uh, when, you know, there's bills in our state legislature to designate uh, canna culture areas uh, and a lot of our legislation is now seems like it's moving to from what I refer to as previously uh, somewhat of a joke here evil plant to let's get tax money now uh, <laughs> I think it's going to I think there's just you know the, the momentum's there um, and then eventually if uh, you know if something changes at a federal level um you know, a local former legislature legislator here in Ashland said to me, uh, "When that happens, we'll be the nation's export hub." And I'm gone. So, you guys had a plan for this, you know? But <laughs> you know, and, but, uh, you know th- it's very, very fascinating to watch. Um, you know, the business side of it, and uh, unfortunately, I do think there's a lot of stigma to it. I'm not an advocate for it one way or another, um, but there are people that are really trying to legitimate business folks uh, you know within the confines of state law right and, uh, so those are the people that get surveys on kurt so.
0: <laughs> right so we we like those people right
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: yeah I can I can just imagine that within your office because of the the laws or lack thereof um, it has to cause some level of, of consternation I guess about keeping up with What's actually going on?
1: Uh, yeah, we do the best that we can, and, uh, you know, private surveyors are our, our best friend, and so are landowners in that regard, just people letting us know what's going on.
0: Now, when when this all began to take place, what, was there uh, a need to change usage laws as well, or did they already
1: exist oh, in terms of actually of using the product? The product? Oh, oh, using the product? Well, no, that's all come to be, I mean, that all is like, like I said, this is all pretty well in flux, uh-huh. and uh, you know, if you you could go on uh, our Liquor Control Commission, you know, website, and it's almost like they have a, uh, you know, real-time update of new administrative rules, so it's, it's definitely dynamic, for sure.
0: So, from the perspective of your office, um, I guess it sounds as though there's probably... Less structure to what people need to do to make keeping your records uh, up to date than maybe you would prefer.
1: Uh, if it's it's like I said, it's basically it's the stuff that you know affects the real world. You know, we go out to you know old land grant claims, and you know there's uh, barbed wire, chain link fence, like a foot and a half away from the corner that almost took out you know a monument that controlled for three hundred plus acres. Right, uh, that that part of it is uh, has become more challenging than ever before. So, so I, I did, no, go ahead. I uh, did that pretty much uh, answer what you were, yeah. you were asking? yeah
0: yeah yeah. I just and in thinking of that, it sounds like the responsibility that comes through your office has to do with with I don't know maintenance is not the right word, but but keeping track of of those. Uh, those basic control what I'll call controlling corners
1: Uh, that's correct we're actually county surveyors in Oregon are directed uh, by state law to restore and maintain public land survey corners and we have a whole list of what types of corners those are Uh, we're of the more active counties for a small county in it so again that's a that's an issue
0: for the The county, each county, to determine which way they're going to go with that.
1: That's correct. Yeah, you know, you get the metro counties have a lot more funding. The eastern Oregon counties, uh, you know, it's very, very part time.
0: Yeah, my recollection of having been there is is, as you mentioned before. It's what I would call pretty rural.
1: (laughs) Uh, Definitely parts of it, but you know, it's it's uh, filling in for sure.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's uh, maybe exciting and frightening at the same time.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know, I guess I'd, all I really you know try and do as a as a county surveyor, Kurt, other than you know try and be a you know a good licensed professional that you know does the job that you know people ask me to do for you know the public is just try and really educate individual property owners uh, about what this process really is and. Uh, you know, most people will probably maybe only have the opportunity to do one or two surveys in their lifetime if they even thought that it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd say probably a number of the people that have come through this office, you know, end up getting surveys done because they become educated about the process. And so we're, we're just trying to reach more people that way. And then you know, the Internet world now, its uh, you see less people face-to-face and Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, you know, via uh, frequently asked questions is a little hard sometimes.
0: Oh yeah, uh, believe me, I understand that. For some of the ones we get here, <laughs> from from people from from members all the way to landowners to whatever, I certainly can appreciate the the difficulty of trying to give an explanation of something that takes four pages to write, but you could probably mm-hmm. explain it pretty easily in two minutes. That's for sure. Well, we're in our last minute, so um, we still have uh, almost a whole minute left. But, again, like I said earlier, I want to make sure I thank you for being with me today. It's been really great to have this conversation about this topic and impact. And one other quick thing I was going to ask is, um, has this resulted in, like, new residential areas being developed for the people coming in, or has
1: there been that much of influx for people? You know, I think there's... uh, that's part of it, um, and then also, you know, there's just other residential influx here, uh, just development. You know, like I said, a lot of retirement.
0: Oh yeah, right. You know, yeah. B-
1: but there's, I think the state just posted the other day in a newspaper article, there's like twelve or thirteen thousand uh, marijuana worker permits that have been issued wow. by the state. That's amazing.
0: Well, I hate we're running out of time, Scott, but we we are. But thank you so much for being with me. It's been great to have you on the show today and to learn all about this. So I really do appreciate it.
1: Well, well, thank you for the opportunity, Kurt.
0: Thanks. And we did fill the hour, so how about that? Good deal. All right. Thanks. Take care.
3: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.